Well, as we get ready to go into the word, I'm uh, just glad to be here this morning. And the word of God is quick and powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword. So it can divide conscience from, from bone marrow. It can divide the will of man. And so um, I say that to say this, that being a man in this season, in this climate, has become so outlandishly difficult. And, and if I could just say this, uh, the women who are actually in the market for men, if you could do me a favor, do yourself a favor, avoid lonely men. And I'm going to tell you why. Avoid lonely men. God created man. And then the Bible says he put man in the garden to till it and to work it. He gave Adam all these jobs, right? He, he, was, he was naming all of the animals. He was working. And God looked at man and said, it's not good for him to not be lonely, but alone. And the reason why you don't want a lonely man, because normally... What happens when a man or a woman is lonely, it means you have not managed your alone time correctly. God looks at man that was managing his alone time correctly. In other words, Adam didn't even know he needed a woman. He was working so hard. And this was a real man. This was not a man that was confused about his gender or, or what his purpose was. And God looks at him while he's working, while he's making a bag already, while he's bringing the coin, coin in, yes, while he's uh, fulfilling purpose. And he says, you know what? It's not good for that man to be alone. And he sends him a helpmate. Now, I know the Bible has said one time in the Bible, it calls the woman the weaker vessel. And we thought that meant that it was based on strength. I want you to know this, that if one job God gave men, there would be, the population would be so dramatically dec decreased. If we had to carry children, <laughs> you wouldn't have to worry about all of the illegitimate children. There would be no problem with population. Plan, Planned Parenthood and their uh, plan to decrease the population by all of these things that they're doing, wouldn't, there wouldn't be a need. So when God says, I will send you a helpmate to Adam, right, he says, I will send you a helpmate, and that's one that's suitable. So if Adam was moving this furniture, God was sending him a woman that was strong enough to do the job with him. For some reason, we think that when women are the weaker vessel, it means that they cannot help you to accomplish what you need to accomplish. So I need you to sit down and be seen and not heard and let me be the man. But that's not how it means. That word delicate, that word, I'm sorry, weaker vessel, I believe it's in Peter where it's mentioned. It means delicate. It means valuable. It means precious. Amen, somebody. And so with this sermon, it's titled, Be a Man. How does all of that come into play? 
I just believe I'm a better man because I have my wife. I, I, I do. I do. I, I um, give you a quick testimony. I didn't give this in the first service. I don't know why God's leading me this way, but I met my wife. In two weeks, I proposed. In 45 days, we were married. Three months after that, we had our wedding. Amen. Let me tell you how this woman just kept me focused. We'll give it real short because I got a lot to cover and I want to do it in a very timely manner. I remember dating her and she took me on these dates, right? She was a grown woman, but she made, us, she made me pay for a chaperone. Y'all not, not listening to me. A chaperone. I remember this chaperone because I had to pay for her meal as well. And she was this, she was, she was this person, and she was one of these kinds of persons that when, you know, some people eat and they get that little stuff right there and it gross you out. I, re I remember it. I remember it. And it got to the point, men, that I thought my wife was insulting me. Every time I ask you out, we go out, you got to have a chaperone. What do you think, I'm going to rape you or jump your bones or something? Right? Here's what she told me. She said, you know what? I've made mistakes before. She said, but... I really like you. I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with you, but I will not, I will not make a mistake and let God down again. I went back to work and my friends began to put pressure on me, right? Have you had sex yet? They said, man, you can't get married yet. Some of my family members thought she worked a, a, a witch spell on me or something. Did she put a root on you? <laughs> what would make you want to marry someone that you haven't been intimate with yet? What would make you want to do that? And I had to do the best thing I could to make me feel good about being a man. So I switched the story to fit me. Why are you getting married? Why, why did she bring the, the chaperone? I said, you know what? A brother is so handsome that she couldn't stand to be in the room with me by herself. That's how I fixed it. Oh, man, she couldn't control herself if she was at the dinner table with me by herself. But let me tell you something. The pursuit was so intensified because she said, you're not getting anything. I'll give you one more story, and I'm going into the word. So I don't know if you even heard this one, Project. One time I got a chance to choose the date, Pastor Randy. At this point, we were getting ready to get married, right? But I had not seen a thigh. Oh, yeah. Some of you go on, you know what, you're, you're engaged, you go on swimming trips with your, you get to see them and all kinds of things. Boy, this is just tough what I'm saying, isn't it? Amen is a Hebrew word, which means it is so, I agree. If you hear something that it is so or you agree, the correct response is amen. Let's test it. God is good. 
All right, the amens are working. So watch this. I got to choose the date. I had not seen the cleavage. You know, there are some women that don't show you that before you. Well, I ain't get no amens. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Boy! So I figured I would, because she wore skirts all the time, we're going horseback riding. Sure to see a thigh on this date. And this is where I found out the power in a female, a woman's wrap skirt. This skirt was big enough to cover the whole horse. It was, it was horrible. But it kept me plugged in. It kept me plugged in. Because it finally dawned on me, this woman has never seen Christ. She's never seen God. And you can be in love with a man, an entity that you've never seen, that you govern your life. And even though I'm in your presence, you will not compromise your morals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of our five children, we have a couple of our children that on the first time they came together with their mate was on the honeymoon. Imagine that. These kinds of things we don't talk about anymore. And let me tell you why. Because the actual dichotomy, the, the, the construct of man is being attacked. And so on Father's Day, this message, be a man, I believe is going to have some challenges even for women because you can make us step up to the plate. I think women have forgotten the power you have. Oh, yeah, a man laid his head on a woman's lap in the Bible and he told her all of God's secret. And the Bible leaves him blind with his hand to two pillars. And God still anointed him again. Samson. Oh, yeah. There's a power a woman has, but if that woman is walking with God, you can, without forcing a man, you can make it be his idea to be a godly man. Okay, all right. Be a man. 1 Corinthians verse, chapter 4, verse 15 says this. Look at this. This is how important fathers are. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ when I preached the good news to you. So to those of you who have brought people or you walk them through the process of, of getting to know Christ and accepting Christ as Savior, yes, that was them being fathered in the spirit. They do not from that point on have to call you their spiritual mother or father. Because Christ is saying here, you only have one spiritual father. And Christ says, that's me. Now watch this. The APA, see, everything is attacking the man now. The APA has finally decreed, you know, the American Psychological Association has officially declared that normal conventional masculinity is toxic. 
If your girls play with Barbie dolls and your boys play with trucks, that's toxic. The fact that you don't let your son wear his sister's tutu is toxic. The fact that your son cannot play dress up and put makeup on when he's little is toxic if you don't let him. And now they're trying to tell us that normal masculinity could look like some of these pictures that you'll see on the screen. That this is normal masculinity now. Don't know what we're looking at. How do we deal with this as men, right, when it's becoming so extremely difficult to just be a man? When we come to church, we feel like we've ran into an ambush because when we get here, there's always so many more women than there are women than there are men. It's always. It's always so many more. And then real men come to church and then you have to cry out and ask a man to save you. And then this man died for you, right? He bled, and then now I have to live my life in homage to a man forever. Some of these barriers would be easier if we could just see more men not fighting the urge to break before God. Why, do, why, why does it seem like the posture of worship just seemingly fits better on a woman than it does a man? Why, why does crying in church just seemingly, it's just a normal thing when a woman does it, but it's a conundrum when a man does it. It's a peculiarity when a man cries in church. We even try to clap manly because we don't want to look too feminine now in our clap. So we're clapping. We, we don't know how to deal with this church thing because women, let me tell you something, I'm going to show you that in the message that you have a jump on it on us, see? I wanna show men how important we are, but there were some things that pertain to women that just don't seem fair. Your sensitivity to the spirit just don't seem fair. How easily you guys can just break before God. It's because men, we're wrestling with how much of our pride, how much how can I say this? There are people who are married, you've been married for years, and the man has never really broken in front of his wife. Because I don't know if you see me in my most sensitive, my most broken point, would you really, really understand it and still honor me? Or if next month when we have an, an argument, you look at me, you remember last month you was crying like a little baby, don't you? See, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. I let you in and I let my guard down and now you're using it against me. So, look at this. Toxic masculinity is defined as this. It says, it's described and defined as a kind of masculinity that encourages or gives legitimacy to misogyny, homophobia, and sexual violence. It involves dominating others, especially women, and means revolving disputes and physical conflict and exhibiting aggressive macho behavior. 
For the first time, the APA is, is releasing guidelines to help psychologists to work with men and boys. Look at this. For decades, psych psychologists have been focusing on men. They think the uneven, the uneven advancement of men is due to us being so overwhelmingly toxic in our masculinity. That really what the APA is going to say when I read you these st statistics is, if men could just be a little less manly, the world would be a better place. I mean, if every man can just have a, a leotard in his closet, this place would be a, a better place to be. If men could just stop being so manly. And so now the confusion is because we want to fit in society. Now it's rubbing and it's finding its way in the church. And now you don't even know how to act. I had a man to tell me, hey, I'm, I raised my kids and, and they know that's their auntie. Now she wants to be called uncle. And, and he pat the mat. So now you're teaching believing children call their auntie uncle now because she decided to change. What does that do to the man? That if we'll, well, let me give you these. I, I got to read off some things because I want, I want to give it to you. 2018, 95.2% of chief operating officers of Fortune 500 companies are men. 2017, uh, in the 16 Top country, companies, I'm sorry, 80% of the high-ranking executives were men. In the 115th Congress in 2017, 81% of them was male. But there's something wrong with why men are doing so much better than women, says the APA. And it's because the toxicity of masculinity it's putting the foot on the neck of women and it's making them perform less. I beg to differ. I just think there are some women that still want strong, heterosexual, hairy-chested men that wear pants that are pertaining to our masculinity. You know, some men's jeans are tight enough to be leggings nowadays. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Every time you stand up, you got to... You know, you got to fix everything. When do we get back to the point that, you know what, I'm proud to be a man. I'm proud to be a man. Look at this. In the USA, men commit 90% of homicides. Men represent 77% of homicide victims. Men are the demographic group most at risk of being victimized by violent crime. Men are 3.5 times more likely than women to die by suicide. Men, life expectancy is 4.9 years shorter than women. Boys are far more likely to be diagnosed with ADD than girls. Boys face harsher punishment in school, especially boys of color, than girls. Not only are men advancing better than women in, in the job area, but they're causing all of the problems. And it's because men are just too manly.
we need to soften them up. We need them to have a Richard Simmons side to them. We, we really need them to, to hold down the testosterone. And I said this in first service, and I, there will be some things that a man, it will require him to result and use testicular fortitude in order to make it through. But it doesn't leave women out because there will be pressures and things in your life that will require ovarian audacity. In other words, you will have to apply the intestinal fortitude. And I'm not talking about just your, your anatomical, your anatomy, your physicality. You have to have something in you that no matter what the world says, there's only so far I can go before I get outside of my purpose. Look at this, the, ABA, the APA deemed the problem with males in the U.S. as well as all the other countries to be conventional or toxic masculinity. Hmm. Men are slow to admit that we need help. That's our male problem. Look at this slide, it says this, the greatest spiritual, social, economic, and psychological curse on humanity is fatherlessness. And that's in every country. Remove the fathers, the world goes in shambles. Like the men do, the country follows. I want to show you this. Over 90% of men have never been told by their fathers face to face, I love you. Just right in your son's face, I love you. The amazing things about this, these statistics is that one actually, I actually was part of that 90%. That I had a son that was grown and gone and I started to realize when my next son was in the 11th grade and my younger son, I think he was in the ninth, that I started to, hey, I got to tell, I, I've got to exemplify um, some, um, some nurturement for my sons, or they'll think all we're supposed to be is a mass of, of, of muscles, breath, and britches that don't cry. Your son hurts himself, what do you say? Boy, wipe them tears, you, you, you'll be all right. No, let him cry, he hurt. But watch this, as I move on, Newsweek had a magazine cover to come out in the 80s, right at the 90s, and it says, dad is destiny. In other words, what the men are doing, the problems in the society of men, it spills over everywhere. Now here's the unfortunate part for women is this, is that right now, one good man has his choice of between 18 to 30 good women. Some men that are good cannot handle that statistic. So they're being frivolous in who they actually are intimate with now. These are good men with, with good educations. They're church-going men, but you know what? It's just too hard to just choose one, like women could ever be related to Pringles or something. The devil is a lie. But watch this. 92% of all the 
problems in society are related to the absence of father. Here's what God, here's what his answer was. Now, this part makes us men feel really good, but it's the unseen stuff that's not said about women. In Malachi chapter 4, verse 6, it says this about Christ. The prophet prophesies and says, Christ will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers so that I will not. This is God saying so that I will not come and strike the land and complete destroy. God says, you know what? Through my son, Jesus, I'm going to turn fathers hearts back to their children, children hearts back to the fathers. Why didn't he mention women? Because he never needed to turn women heart back to their children. Or the children heart back to, they just stayed connected. They just stayed connected. Something came to mind that, well, the Lord said, don't say it. Let's move forward. Look at this. The absent father will curse the land. But he didn't mention women because he had to do something to get the world back together. And he had to bring the men full circle. Now, the amazing thing for women is this. You guys had to wait until God get the men together. This is why so many women are coming up with all these kinds of titles. They saw men mess it up for so long. Now, man, we got women... Oh, in every facet of, 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 of ministry, even outside of what they should be, because you know what? Men have messed it up for so long, and I apologize to women. I do. I do. I'm, I'm sorry that, that, that men have made such a mockery of some things, but I can tell you this. The fix is not moving forward without us. It's praying that God put us back in our place. And your life and our life is better. Look, look, look at this. So after Malachi, 400 years of silence. You remember that? Old Testament, New Testament split. 400 years of silence. This is when the Roman Empire. But here's the amazing thing. God didn't send a word. He didn't let an angel come, nor was the prayers received from men. Right? 400 years of silence. And then at the beginning of Matthew, God decides to use a man. God's answer to this world was I'm going to actually bring about a change through a man. Second chapter of Matthew, he has a man out in the wilderness screaming, prepare ye the way. And his name is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is out in the wilderness talking about another man, Jesus. And then Jesus is going to come and turn the hearts of the fathers back to the, to the children. Jesus came and he went and got men. Isn't it ironic that he would call 12 disciples and none of them would be women? I think sometimes women think that's a bad thing. No, because you don't have to go and get women. He, calls tw he called 12 disciples and the women just followed. It was like they just unanimously, automatically just plugged into God. And 12 men turned the world upside down with the aid of praying women. Okay. He came and fixed humanity. 
he had to use the same stratagem he used at the beginning with Adam. And so look at this. It's so bad for men now that one of the greatest men in the Bible, he spoke about it. Look at what it says in Psalm 62, beginning at the third verse. David just told it like, look at he said, how long will you, look, will you attack a man? Well, it's so bad now, women are saying, I don't need a man. What do you think that make men feel like? I work, I work at a job and the men that are there, they just will not marry. Some of them call their wife my old lady. And, and listen, can I, can I tell you this? I just think a woman deserves just a little bit more than that. Boy, amen is a Hebrew word, which means it is so I agree. Cook, clean, and work a job. See, here's what's happening. Can I tell you what's happening? Women are getting tired of sharing their curse, of sharing our curse, because we can't share theirs. You, you, you remember the fall, women received terrible pains doing labor, and the men had to work by the sweat of their brow to get everything. Well, the women are saying, we're sharing your curse. You're not sharing ours, and we're sick of it. So we don't even need you now. I'll get my own car, my own house. I'll pay for it my own self. And when women say this, the world, the status of the world begins to decline even more. So how do we bring it back full circle? I want men to know that our purpose, it's, it's as if we have an a, a S on our chest and we get to save the world. That most men don't feel of themselves that way. Watch this. How long will you attack a man? You shall be slain, all of you, like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. In other words, how long will you attack a man? <laughs> and they're attacking us so bad, we're out of our purpose. We're like leaning walls and a tottering fence. Nothing gets on your nerve when the wind is blowing outside and your fence squeaks. Nothing makes you matter if you buy a house and one of the walls just are not, it's not balanced. It's out of purpose. It's out of alignment. Look at what he says. They only consult to cast him down from the high position. The only time people talk about us as men is to cast us down from a high position. We always hear our statistics, how bad we are, how much we are, how, how we make up all the crime, how, how we making babies and not taking care of them. All the things that men do is constantly in the forefront. Look at this. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. They can say good morning to you and, and hey, man, how you doing? And, and man, boy, it's surely good to see you. But in their mind, they're saying, you old no good daddy. You know you need to do better. David was like, how long will you attack a man? Now, this pressure or the spirit of attack that's on man, you have to understand, it goes with farther than words. We can feel it. And so much so, the pressure is very tough for our young men till this gender fluidity is really taking them by, by storm. 
that the man that grew up and he was actually a little feminine when he was young, he don't tell nobody that. Because he want to forget that. But now this generation, mothers are encouraging their son. It's okay if you, if, if, if you feel like you are a, a girl in a boy's body. It's, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Amen. Amen. Oh, I was just making sure we're in the same. It's not okay. Look, look at this. My soul will slight, will, will wait silently for God alone, for my expectation is in him. He's, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. And God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength and my refuge. This is how men should walk around. You may talk about us. You may feel like we're not needed. Our masculinity is not necessary. But guess what? God is the rock of my strength. He's the sal my salvation and my glory. I will stay true to my purpose. Look at this. Here we go. I want to give you this. So women are saying I don't need a man. And, and men have lost their sense of purpose. They've lost, their, they've lost the power of self-confidence and the power of masculinity, uh, the power of their masculinity. Many aren't sure of their men. Women are saying they don't need us. Men don't feel wanted anymore. The women don't know what they're doing when you say this. You have no idea. You're probably only talking about the men that maybe you've experienced. But it's, it's detrimental when men hear that as a collective whole, we're being talked about negatively. And it affects us. It, it mightily affects us. Look at this. Men have lost their sense of purpose, lost their identity, the definition of manhood. They have lost their authority, lost the sense of respect and conviction. But watch this, man. I want you to know something. That here's where God puts it back into alignment that David would write in Psalms 8 verses 4, he would say, what is man that thou art so mindful of him? The whole world is telling us if we could just be a little less manly, but God says, what is man? And this word man is not abner man, the Hebrew word for male man. This is mankind. So the women are added in as well. What is mankind that thou art so mindful of him? That you would actually, God, come and visit him. You would make man a little lower than angels. So when you feel insignificant, when you feel like I've made such a bad, I've, I've done so many things against my fatherhood or being a father or being a brother or being even a mother or being a wife, you have to remember that God loves you so much that he's mindful of you. He will visit you right in your situation. And he will give you the fortitude and the stamina to know that you can make it. Just look at somebody across the room and say, you're going to make it. Just tell them. Just point at them. Just say, you're going to make it. Just point at somebody. Just anybody. How many need, to be, how many need an encouraging word? So could you imagine if you just point, my brother in the light blue shirt, sitting with your hands around your lovely wife, I believe. You, you all are going to make it. Can you imagine the power that that does? When you see a man walking with his family, do you? I sometimes just tell men, man, you have a beautiful family. And you should see men begin to light up. 
because he feels as if I've just said you're responsible for how beautiful your family is. So just point at somebody again and say, you're going to make it. All right. All right. I, I see that's got the same amount of, of, of tenacity as amen, but it's OK. Your purpose. Let's fill in some blanks. Let's get out of here. Your purpose. Here we go. Your purpose, number one, is to dominate the earth. Many of you in this room, and you are, your purpose is to dominate the earth. Look at what it says in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creep on the earth. 27, he says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So humus, man, is a spirit in a dirt body that comes in two models. And there's no in-between. The Hebrew word, when he made man, he formed man. It's, 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 it's a, uh, let me turn, I don't want to mess it up. He formed man, but the word in Hebrew for women, he built a woman. It's different. See, a man's body has all exits. Amen. And he would build a woman's body. This is why it's tough even for married men to not, to not, you know, to see a woman and not be able to not look because God built them. A amen. It's okay, men, to say amen. Oh, he did a good job at building a woman. That's why I married one. Amen. He did a great job. He formed man. Right? But he built a woman. But watch this. Verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. He gave the same dominion to women as he did to us. So watch this, man. We're not supposed to dominate a human being. We're supposed to dominate the earth. Oh, yeah. You don't dominate your wife. See, see, you have some women right now say, amen, preacher. That was one of the reasons I didn't want to get married because I don't want to be dominated. But that's never our job. We share dominance. <laughs> Can I tell you something? Doesn't it make being a man a whole lot easier knowing that I don't have to dominate a woman? Boy, some real men right now would say, amen, brother. Do you know what kind of fight you got to get ready to get into if you're going to dominate a woman? Lord. You know where some of your wives came from. They didn't come from the land of being dominated. Amen. I'm going to leave that one alone. Lord knows. I, my man said something to his wife, and he said it in such a harsh way. I said, so you're going to sleep in that house tonight, huh? If I said that, I got to move. Can't eat the food there anymore. Can't drink the water if I say that to my wife. But I don't desire that type of dominance. Pastor Randy, my wife, was this missionary and leading testimony service, and she was very powerful. So when I first married her, I was known as Sister Sheila's husband. 
all the men thought they should perform an intervention and set me down and said, man, how you going to get her to shut up? I said, well, that's just it. I don't want her to hush. Let me give you a clue. The men that, that I know of, this is a statistic from my experience, that married women, did, did you ever watch the Coming to America? What kind of movie you like? Whatever movie you like. What kind of food you like? Whatever food. The men who married those kind of women that I knew, they ended up divorced. So I want a woman that has her own mind. Are, are, are you hearing me? See, I, I'm staying saved because I love God, but if I backslide, she going to tell on me. She's not going down with the ship. Because I didn't marry a lying, half-saved man. I want a man that's, that's going to actually, when he wake up in the morning, hell is going to be scared. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of man a woman wants. That when you wake up, demons are trembling because a man of God has woke up. Amen. Let me hear the men say, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, well, watch this. Watch this. So, your purpose is to dominate earth. Number two, your purpose is to colonize and manage the earth. Real quickly. Can't stay here long, but I want to read Luke 11, 2 and 4 first. It says this. For he said that when you pray, our Father, will, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, you have to understand something. That when God created man, he created man to, to make earth like heaven. Amen, somebody. So even when we pray, we're praying that his will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. So that goes against you preparing your 401k that you can buy heart medicine and high blood pressure medicine for the rest of your life. Because there's no illness in heaven, right? So you should have faith that I may have it now, but if I have to, if I have to consult a holistic doctor, if I have to change my diet, if I have to get rid of carrot cake forever, whatever I have to do, I believe God can have me live in this realm as it is in heaven. Okay. Here's another. So you're called to manage the earth. Men, this is going to make you feel good. Do you know what? God is so amazed by us as male men, heterosexual, strong men that he created the earth and he wouldn't let one drop of rain drop on the earth until he created us. Oh, yeah, that's that's look, look, just find a man in the room and say, you a bad man. <laughs> Ooh, look, they scared to say it. Somebody sitting next to their wife like, I don't know if I can say it, but you a bad man. You are. Um, you're, you're the man. Let me read you the scripture. It says this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 4. It says that this is the history of the heavens and the earth. When they were created in the day of the Lord, God made the earth and the heavens. This is New King James Version. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown, for the Lord had not caused the rain, it to rain on the earth. And there was no man. In other words, I'm not letting nothing grow. Till I put a real man that will work. This is why women, you just can't date a man. You shouldn't date a man if you meet him and he ain't got a job. Uh, well, I ain't getting no amens. Now, you know what? We as men, we, we, sometimes we will slack on that amen. But if it's our daughter, 
We'll tell her quick, oh, well, what'd he do? Where, where he going? What's his plans? Well, you need to let him get it together. But isn't that powerful? And this was not because, now watch this, this was not talking about the woman. Because remember in Genesis, God said he took the man and he put him in the garden to keep it. Adam wasn't even around. I mean, Eve wasn't even around yet. God took the man, put him in the garden, and then he said, you know what, I think I'll let rain fall. So you know what, you, sometimes you just got to look at your wife and say, I am the rain of your life. That's a deep one, isn't it? I know it. I know it. I know it. There, uh, there was a preacher that was preaching at a church that we were at, and he talked about how Sarah called Abraham Lord, and, 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 and Sarah called her husband Lord. And I remember the young preachers, we started walking around, Vic, and we were saying to each other, man, I want my wife to call me Lord. That would be nice. But then I looked at what Abraham provided for his wife. Hmm. He prayed more than her. He was connected to God in a more even powerful way than her. Do you know Sarah traveled with her own set of maids? You know, Abraham wasn't poor. Sarah didn't have to work. She didn't have to cook. She didn't have to clean. Amen, somebody. She got a little wavery in her belief. She even said, not tonight, go to the handmaiden. Now, that wasn't God, but I'm just saying, this man provided a whole lot. I said, you know what? I don't even think I want to be called Lord. I'm not on that level. I just want her to honor me and me honor her. Let me, let me get out of here. Look at this. Last but not least, your purpose is to establish spiritual dominance over the earth, over the enemy. And I'm going to end with this. Look at this. It says this. This is Luke 10, 17. You remember when Jesus was, was, was training the 12 and he sent them out two by two? Before he sent them out, he gave them a pep talk. He said, listen here, guys. I want you to go out. I want you to cast out demons. I want you to heal the sick, raise the dead, right? So he sends them out. He sends the 70 out. But the scripture doesn't record the same pep talk. But you know it was the same message because when the 70 came back, this is what they said. Then the 70 returned happy with joy saying, Lord, even demons are, you know what? The average man don't feel like the devil is subject to us. We thought Adam was the only one failed from grace. Look how far we've fallen. I don't even believe that demons have to obey me. Oh, yeah, that's a prerequisite. That was a lifestyle. Okay, you, you, you have to be one who loves God. You got to have a prayer life. You got to study. But there are many men that pray and study and they still don't believe they got a chance with Satan. So guess what? Our children, our sons are battling with, with gender fluidity because you won't stand up and take control of that demonic spirit. I'm not telling you that there is a gay spirit. No, that's not a broke wrist angel or spirit. No, it's not. It's a spirit that rebels from God. Whatever that spirit's name is, 
that causes your house to be in disarray, you have power over her. that spirit. That spirit. And as a man, you get to declare. Sometimes you should walk in your house and I know the devil ain't got the nerve to be in here. You should do something crazy. You should open your door and say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I command you to open a window or something. But walk in your purpose. Hmm. I want you to do this. Thank you for listening to me. I thank Pastor Andrew for the privy. But men, if I could give you one thing to leave here with, you are not a fortuitous mishap. <laughs> no, you are not a, a mass of flesh with no extringent purpose. No, you're not. As a matter of fact, there's something, there's a pulchritudinous splendor about a man. That's a real man. There's an essence. <laughs> There's an essence of beauty. I'm going to call on the women for this because it's tough for us men to say a man is beautiful. I get it. Every brother in the room, you don't have to walk up to me and say, man, you're a beautiful man. I don't want that from you. Okay? It's all right. But women, just, just go with me for a moment as I end this message. How beautiful is it when a man loves you so much that he won't even allow the bill collector to call and talk to you because he wants that pressure. That, 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 that oh boy, I ain't, I'm stepping out here. How beautiful is a man that he'll drive all the way to your job sometimes in the winter just to start your car to make sure you get in a, a warm one just because he love you. How beautiful is it to have a man that you could be married for over 30 years and he still holds your hand as he walked through the mall? Mm -hmm. how, how beautiful is it that, that, to have a man that, that don't only just say, honey, you sure cook those biscuits. Thank you for the pancake. But he just wake up and say, honey, you know what? I just love you. How, how beautiful is that? How beautiful is it a man that when all hell is breaking loose outside of your doors and it's two o'clock in the morning and he tell you, honey, just wait, I'm going to go check it out for you. And he goes out and face whatever the danger is. See, that's a beautiful thing. It's some women that noises are happening at, at night and, and the man has said, well, you going to go check it out? <laughs> it's a beautiful thing for a man to be strong. Now here's the one thing, women, how beautiful is it when you're just off, right? And you haven't told anyone and your man picks you up in the spirit and he fasts and prays for a word from God for you. And then when you least expect it, your man comes and give you a word and say, I was praying for you. And God told me to tell you this. How beautiful is that? Some of those things I've done, 
some of those things I need to do even more. But men, this world wants us to be who we were called to be. All the men, as I end, just stand over all over the building. Every man stand. I want you to say this last statement with me and we're out of here. And I want you to get it right the first time because no one can add bass to a room like a man. Amen, somebody. Yeah, oh, yeah, somebody got you. Yeah. I want you to just say this. Today I will be the man. My father created me to be. Oh, uh, yeah. Now get a man next to your high five and, and just say, go ahead then, brother. That's it. All right. Men, while you're standing, while you're standing, women, stand up with us. We're getting ready to go. Women, I want you to say this. Today I will be the woman. That, oh, wait a minute. I didn't get all the women now. Are you here? Are, are you here? Okay. Women, I need you to say it with me. Today I will be the woman that God created me to be. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this body. I pray that I wasn't confusing. The messages were so different from one service to the next. Thank you for your changes. God, I pray for the men that are facing a tumultuous and immense amount of stress to just be who you call them to be. I pray that they know that they have the power and the anointing to conquer and anything that tries to beset them. For the women, God, I pray that even though they have their own challenges, I covered the prayers of the women that while you're praying through your own to remember us as men, as we will also remember the women in our prayers, that God, we will not just only grow strong, but we will grow strong together. Bless us as we leave this place, but never your presence. May the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit rest, rule, abide, atone, protect, and cover, and see us safely back at the appointed time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much. Happy Father's Day to the fathers. We have a t-shirt for you out in the lobby. And on that t-shirt, it says, be a man, talking about David. So God bless you all. Have a great evening.